If you had to put it on a scale from one to ten, one to like, I guess ten being the worst. How? Well, I don't know. What? What? We'll go percentage. What percentage do you think we're gonna end up get works getting canceled because of the virus? Work getting canceled. Yeah. Um, somebody at our job has to have the coronavirus. I I I think somebody has it already. Yeah. I genuinely think somebody has it already, and uh. I'm going to name drop somebody because he will mm-hmm. never listen to this because he's way too old. Yeah. But legitimately, this guy acts like the toughest motherfucker at work. Uh-huh. But Mondo actually sounded kind of worried. <laughs> Did he? The, I didn't talk day. to him. So, no, no, no. It was one of those days where you came in a, l- a little bit later. But uh-huh. me, and, uh, me and Enrique were kind of yeah. talking to him. And he was talking about how there's so many people at the grocery stores and like the, the mm-hmm. toilet paper is running out and everything he's like you guys have nothing to worry about you guys are you know healthy and young you, you'll you know you'll fight it off you'll do good it's me who has to worry about it you know I, i'm the older one and yeah like just the way he was talking i was like oh so you're not so tough now that this virus is around <laughs> huh i mean mondo's <laughs> always he's he's a cool dude but he uh you know he, he just he's a hard ass joking with, but, yeah, yeah yeah for sure but i don't know dude i think i honestly think because you know me. I mean, we both kind of talked about the uh, that whole mess with the fire yeah. and everything, and we were kind of the only voices at that meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have a meeting because of this, like for one, that's still unsafe uh-huh. because social distancing. But also, yeah, they won't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I kind of want to talk to our boss, saying like, "Hey, how are you? Like confirming that the people that you're sending home are actually going to the doctor and not just wasting time." Yeah, you know. uh, yeah. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's very interesting. I guess it's the threat of pay. I know people are like, "We'll talk about Batman," but um, you know what? We are gonna get into that, and this is kind of just we're trying to talk yeah. about how it affects our lives because it's affecting Batman too. Yeah, it is but, affecting um, Batman. It's affecting the entire world in a way I legitimately didn't think it was going to. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm just so. I mean, with the the main story that will not the main story, but the one thing we'll talk about right now is because uh, I don't. Did we mention on last week's podcast that the Batman movie is not gonna stop? Like, I think we. I don't did. know if we. I, think I don't know if that did. was on stream or if that was on on the I, podcast. But I, yeah, I think we had because we had talked about it plenty at work. I'm pretty sure we had brought it up here that we had heard that Batman wasn't stopping production, that it was still going. Yeah. And they released news, like, within the last two days, that it was stopping production. Yeah. Uh, just for safety reasons. And mm-hmm. now, uh, with the It's actually updates... five days ago as recording this. Oh, five so, days ago? Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, now, they are saying that it is indefinitely delayed... Uh, because they don't have a like specific date of which they're going back. Now, yeah, there could easily, well, I say easily, but you know, in a miracle world or whatever, there could be mm-hmm. a cure tomorrow, and then everybody's hunky dory, and they get, you know, start filming in the next four days. Yeah, but until then, we literally have no clue, and this is why I was talking to you. Mm-hmm. This may change the way. WB looks at their release schedule now. Well, I saw a headline. I didn't read the article, but they were saying the headline was like coronavirus delays may change the film industry for the next few years. So I believe it. 
Yeah, I mean, especially with how long it takes to, you know, um, you know, produce films and just like a DC schedule shouldn't be messed up for the next two years. Like it should be fine because Suicide Squad's already done. The only problem would be reshoots if they had to do reshoots. Um, but by the time that movie comes out, you should be able to do those reshoots with even with months before the release. Okay, so ignorant person as far as creating the actual movie, mm-hmm. like taking the portions of film that you have taken yeah. and actually constructing a movie. Isn't that like a specific building? That's not something that everybody can just do from home. Like what? Feel, Editing like, like movies and stuff? Yeah. It depends on where, like, what software they're using or what they can do. Like, if your computer's big enough, I'm pretty sure you can well, do no, that. Well, no, I just, I just like, seeing the pictures from, like, James Wan, mm-hmm. freaking, uh, I can never remember his real name, but Pony Smasher, the one mm-hmm. who did, uh, Oh, yeah, Shazam. yeah, Andy's, and, like, uh, and seeing, Sandberg. And, Andy Sandberg. and seeing the David. actual, like, almost giant flat screen TV that they yeah. work on, as mm-hmm. far as, like, their edits... Yeah, because they they've taken pictures like when the movie was almost released and be like, oh, just a couple more weeks. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, depending on who the director is, some of those directors have those things in their houses. So That's insane. like, um, you know, it's pretty crazy because you think of it, it's just it's just a projection. It's a projection screen and you just have to have the sound boards and the editing and all that kind of stuff. Um, sure. But I mean, you can edit high quality video on your laptops. You know what I mean? As long as it's powerful enough. Granted, yeah. I don't think movies are doing that, but they could easily be getting like, hey, give me all the footage. I'm going to go ahead and work on it at home, and then when we can all come back to the office, this is how it should be cut. This is how it should look. You know what I mean? But at and, the same time, I don't know if, like, I understand that there has to be a level of trust with WB and mm-hmm. those editors and everything, but with those films, do you really think WB is like, oh, yeah, take it home. Just take it home and work on it. If it's going to be getting to a point where they want to hit their release schedule and they have to work from home, I could see it, yes. Like yeah. Because at the same time, you every company has a thing of trust because that's why you sign NDAs. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, they're like, all right, if I can't trust this guy, blah, blah. Um, but, I mean, to be honest, I feel like they'll be like, hey, uh, only two people in this editing room at once or something like that. Like, yeah. you know? Um, I don't know what, cause I know James Gunn has said he's very involved with that kind of stuff. So Suicide Squad's done filming. They just got to edit it and do all the sound stuff. I think the sound stuff you could probably do from your house too. You know what I mean? Depending yeah. on like what the, what, what has to be done and what has to be made. But, uh, we'll see what happens. It's pretty, it's, it's an interesting time. I see, don't I would think... be interested in sound just because like me being the person that I am, I have really got like a really cool like deep dive into like foley sounds and how they do sound mm-hmm. effects for movies like there's a studio with all that like with all yeah. the instruments that they use i would wonder if like foley professionals have all that equipment at home to do that stuff you know you can i mean a lot of people all it does is you soundproof a room which is not hard yeah no. and then you just do the sounds i mean it depends on how good your microphone is what kind of microphones you're using it's yeah. it's a lot of stuff like that which I, people I would, do foley sounds think, at home all the time yeah and i would think that wb would be like okay like you can get stuff from the studio just make sure it's one person doing yeah. you know staying safe about it yeah i don't i don't think if it's in I think the filming is the problem. I don't think post-production is going to be a problem. Because, obviously, we're still going to work. 
So it's not like people can't leave their houses at all. WB is probably just like, all right, you're going to park your car next to that studio. You're going to go into the studio. You're going to be the only one in there or whatever, something like that. Because this is, you know, they these deadlines are really important. And now that they're going to be, everybody's going to be having stuff at the end of the year or the beginning of the year, it's going to be really important to hit your deadlines now because they want to keep that spot or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I... Although the Batman's a huge production and they said it's going to take a long time to film, I still think it's not something that's going to require a lot of special effects. So it's just going to be a lot of filming. Did it have a slate for four or six months of filming? Uh, Zoe said they were going to be filming like until the summer. So probably like July. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, that's but yeah. insane. Yeah, I mean, it could be very well possible that this thing doesn't start recording again until the summer, so which would be nuts. Um, and, and then, then not finish until freaking winter, Jesus. Yeah, which I want to see how that would change the movie itself. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's the the virus is very unprecedented. Like the interesting thing about this was a lot of people were trying to compare it to like the. I mean, we can only speak from the United States point of view. I know we have other listeners from other countries and stuff here, so it might be very different for them on how they experience things. But the only other thing in our lifetime that was this big was 9-11. And 9-11 shut things down. But 9-11 was like a week long, and then we were back to being normal. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the games or whatever, like football or whatever that was happening, those anything that happened the day of 9-11 got canceled pretty much. But yeah. I'm pretty sure there was a football game within the next day or two. And they were like, we have to do this for the people. We have to show that we're strong, yeah. blah, blah, blah. This is not – there's no pride in this. There's no showing strength as a country in this. It's just like, hey, let's not die. So <laughs> let's real. cancel everything. So this is very different. I mean, I've been alive 32 years, and I've never experienced anything like this. Yeah, so, no, and now <laughs> – I, I laughed at my wife because she's she's a nanny. She takes care of kids, and they're smart kids, like mm-hmm. super smart. They go to very smart uh, schools here in town, and she's she said the same thing. She's like, in our lifetime, we have not dealt with anything like this. And one of the kids went, um, you mean humans? Haven't you heard of the bubonic plague? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So they know about the bubonic plague, but they don't know about our lifetime. Yeah, for real. Wow. All <laughs> oh, right. Oh, man. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it is true. It is very true. You know, I I was kind of thinking the same thing. We haven't had, because I guess a lot of people, of course, talking about the possibility of recession or depression. Yeah. And I was even telling my wife, like, here in the South, we haven't dealt with something like this, like, massively, if it does reach a depression since, like, the freaking Dust Bowl. Yeah, and you know what? I I don't see that happening. It could. It very well could. But I just see, like, I don't know, man. I, I don't think it's going to get to depression levels, but a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. And a lot of those people, a lot of these places, when they open back up, if they open back up, are, you know, not going to probably be able to afford that whole workforce that they had originally. Yeah. So it's going to be rough for a while. And, you know, if you're somebody that cares about politics, it's definitely going to be something 
that you're going to need to look into policies and stuff, like an Andrew Yang's policy of being able to help people stay on their feet and stuff. My thing is, I think when it comes to this, and I and I wonder if this is ever... I think that it's, it's crazy to talk about the coronavirus and how it's going through, and we are a Batman podcast, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, get to the podcast, Batman shit already. But at the same time, like it's we're living through this. Batman himself has lived through this with Contagion. And Contagion yeah. was something that destroyed the whole city or made the whole city go amok. And they even had people that tried to stay, tried to be shut-ins. And they were like, we're not going to leave anywhere. We have everything we need. And everybody that isolated themselves were the first ones to die. Yeah. And so, like, it is, like, really interesting stories to see how, you know, comics are... There's always a story of real life that is parallel with comic books. And oh, the comic there, book was, might come first. I was sometimes. very much thinking of, like... Uh, just because uh, if a lot of people are, you know, of course, comic fans uh, listening to this podcast, you may have heard of Gail Simone's like comic school mm-hmm. uh, that has been happening on Twitter lately uh, because of this whole thing. You know, she wanted to help people that were stuck at home, you know, be a little bit more more motivated and yeah. help them create stories. And I was just thinking of stories and stuff. And I'm just like, how long do you think it'll take before the coronavirus is inside an actual comic that's published? Fake news got into comic books really quickly. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Because I don't... I think a coronavirus, like, story... Do you mean, like, a storyline or somebody just mentioning it? Mentioning it. Because of how popular... Well, I, I say popular, but but mm-hmm. because of how big it is now. Like, yeah. in, in real time, how big it is now. I feel mm-hmm. like it'll very much... It'll, it'll... I think it'll pop up fairly soon. Bendis would be the first one because he's you know as much as you may not like him he's the one that keeps up and with these kind of things and throws them in comic books he's he would be the first one the trending guy yeah yeah so he would definitely throw it in there and make some kind of joke about it or if it's a futuristic timeline but remember that time we went through the coronavirus yeah like just to show like oh yeah i've had heroes that have went through it already um but no it would be interesting because like I feel like contagion storylines like what happened in Batman before are very interesting because it's not something they can fight. It's like you have to find a cure, which yeah. always makes it very interesting. And, um, you know, we're seeing that with the book we'll talk about later in Deceased. Like, there's no cure for that. They're just yeah. trying to survive. And I think that's what makes those kind of stories interesting because although I love seeing, you know, Batman kick ass all the time, Contagion was interesting because I'm like, how is he going to get out of this? I was all because there's no cure. He's trying to backtrack like ancient civilizations to see if they have anything for this. And Robin's infected and could die at any moment. Like it was a very interesting story. Yeah. And um, so like I thought that was cool. But uh, yeah, it, it this will definitely be crazy to see how it's going to affect tele- like the movie industry or the film industry in general. Because TV is also being affected by this. Flash has stopped production. Uh, Legends CW of Tomorrow. Yeah, so all of that stopped. And so it's going to be very interesting to see how they continue. Um, you know what? Even, you know even... what I'm kind of hoping with this, though? I'm kind of hoping that since they're going to have to probably shorten seasons... I'm hoping they'll be like, hey, since we're not going to be able to make these extra 12 episodes or whatever it is or the next season, how about we just do 13 episode seasons and use all the rest of the budget on these? Because that would be so so much better. I hope so. Because those shows need to have 10 less episodes. Like you said, you know, this whole pandemic will change Hollywood entertainment, everything. 
for the next few years. Yeah. Um, I genuinely think, because we're even seeing it in uh, another news story that we're going to talk about. I think we should go ahead and say it now, dealing with the mm-hmm. coronavirus. Uh, Birds of Prey is yeah. actually uh, being sent to uh, direct uh, or, or, or uh, video digital. on demand, digital, yeah. uh, on March 24th. This is following suit with uh, movies like Invisible Man. Uh, okay, well, to clarify, is the Birds of Prey going to be to where you can buy it on your phone right away? Or is it just on demand? I think it's on demand. I can pull up uh, Kathy Yan's tweet right now while you talk about mm-hmm. it. Uh, let me see if I can Because I think it. this is there's a very big difference here. Okay, so I have it already pulled up here. The Birds of Prey digital release has been moved forward to March 24th, well ahead of the normal digital release window for films. Okay, so yeah, this so is going to be is, one you can own. Yes, it'll be a purchasable one, but I do, I honestly do think it is in response to what other studios have done. Um, yeah, and we're seeing this throughout all of entertainment, not just with movies, but with streaming services. Um, Mm -hmm. Disney plus just recently put frozen two on their streaming service, uh, like three weeks in advance before they were Mm going to even put it out onto digital. Um, we're hearing fans because of this fans are wanting things like HBO max to be released. It is setting a demand for something, which I can say can possibly work for studios. But like we had discussed at work, a lot of individuals, don't have the extra spending money at the yeah. moment. Yeah, HBO Max would be bad to release right now. Yeah, which I, so. I do think some of these things that, are, like, if you're saying, hey, we're giving you this for free, quote-unquote, uh, mm-hmm. that would be okay. You know, some Disney Plus we already had, and so yeah. Frozen 2, just on that platform, I can understand that. Um, mm-hmm. But, of course, a lot of movies don't have... Uh, aren't getting the money from the box office because people aren't going to the theaters because theaters are shutting down movies yeah. like uh, bloodshot are being sent uh, mm-hmm. video on demand uh, that I think when we yeah, looked that would at be it, March it, it, as well. it only made like anywhere from 10 to 12,000 or 10 to 12 million. Sorry. Uh, yeah. It's first weekend. So a lot of these movies, instead of trying to fight the video on demand market, they have just been pulling out of the theater for now and then putting it at a later date. But yeah, a lot of people are speculating that this whole coronavirus thing could last up until the summer. So yeah. it's it's going to change things, and we have no <laughs> it'll, idea. It'll be – it's either – we're going to eventually somebody's going to say no. We're we're not changing, which I think Wonder Woman would be the first one to do that um, because it is in the summer. But I think WB doesn't want to lose out on the money too, so I was they could say, move because it. Because the day after uh, Black Widow pulled out mm-hmm. its original date, the day after Wonder Woman actually debuted a new poster. Yeah. So I that can show evidence that it's not going to be moving. Um, they're going to, if they, if it gets pushed, it'll get pushed in May, mid May yes. is when it'll get pushed. If it's going to do that, but you know what? That's, that's still two months away. So they don't have to do anything right now. So they can keep that date because if wonder woman, it, if for some reason this virus and everything gets under control by June, 
Wonder Woman is going to be so packed because everyone's going to be like, yes, we haven't seen anything new in months. See, that's what I was thinking. You know, I yeah. think that's might that might be what they're banking on. Is, yeah. Is, hey, people are going to want to get out of the house. They're going to want to go to places like those bowling alley, movie theater, laser yeah. tag type places. And they're going to watch Wonder Woman because it's like one of the only movies in the theater. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. Yeah, and with it with, with nobody releasing anything else, that means they can put Wonder Woman in like seven, eight theaters and in a big, big ass fucking place. You know what I mean? Yeah. They can sell as many tickets as they want. So yeah, I think WB is banking on that, but they're like, hey, if you know, if we gotta cancel it to push it later, it's gonna be weird. Which at the end of that, it's either gonna mean that we are gonna have a jam packed end of twenty twenty, or we're gonna have a jam packed twenty twenty one. Because that means you're gonna be getting like what we'll have like seven, eight superhero movies next year, maybe yes. ten, something like that. Yes. So With three being DC. If Wonder Woman moves to twenty twenty one, yeah, we have freaking. Uh, I don't think Wonder Woman, Woman moves to twenty twenty one. It'll come out this year. I really hope not, just because it's already been moved. You know, yeah. we were supposed to get it last November. I so. think it was December, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah. December. Yeah, it was December. Yeah, so that'll be very interesting. But then again, you know what? New Mutants got moved four times, so you never know how my when these things heart, will come out. My poor heart, man. I, I still want to see that movie. That better go. That better go on Hulu. That, that should have went on demand two years ago. It really. Um, should. But yeah, so it it's very crazy. So Birds of Prey. I believe you said you're buying this. I will be buying this too, just because I didn't pay for this in the theater because I saw it for free. So only reason why yeah. I'm buying this. Yeah, I'm so. I'm gonna be purchasing it as well. Um, I know that we kind of talked a lot of mess over this movie. Oh, for sure, for <laughs> but, sure. Uh, but it's a movie that my wife still hasn't seen yet because mm-hmm. she was uh, very uh, uh, weary of it after I told her how I felt yeah. about it. But since we're gonna be stuck at home, I think that we will mm-hmm. find time to watch it. So I, I yeah, I, I will well, definitely my- buy it. My thing is I have no problem talking shit about stuff. Like I have no shit ab- like problem talking shit about comic books or movies or anything like that. I try to be, you know, unbiased as possible, but sometimes you know your bias comes through. But my thing is um, I've if if you're supporting the thing with your own money, you have all the right to talk whatever your opinion and, and, is. And that's the thing, you know, we love these superhero films, we love mm-hmm. the superhero genre and we're we may not we may not like creative choices but we still like we still support and love the actual content of it yeah. so i think yeah. that's a, a good way of putting it yeah yeah and that and that's definitely why since i didn't pay for a movie ticket to this i will be buying the dvd because i told myself multiple times i was like i'm going to try to go again i'm going to try to go again and i never did and i haven't been to the movies since bloodshot like i literally saw birds of prey hadn't went to another movie until bloodshot so like i haven't been to the theater so i was like you know what when this comes out on you know digital i'll buy it there because i have every dc movie already so i was like i don't want to have not one in my collection even though i didn't like it um but since i I didn't get to pay a ticket for it buy joker yeah you ever bought joker no wow no i have joker on my on my phone too but yeah so anyways that happened um so birds of prey uh, coming out early, digital release, and then Batman closed for indefinitely, so we'll see what happens there. And then uh, the only other entertainment news before we jump into comics, because it is a 
it, it's going to be really slow from now on. Like, it's going to be very interesting. We're going to have to probably have to come up with some new formats for this podcast just to keep it a little bit fresh. Yeah, we um, may, you know, we did throw the idea of possibly throwing in, you know, uh, some reviews of the animated series of Batman. Yeah. Maybe we can start doing that. Uh, if you guys have any, you know, suggestions, you know, feel free to message us uh, yeah. on Instagram or Twitter. Uh but yeah, the the only thing that we have is gonna be uh, TV show news, which is also stopping. So yeah. you know, like we said, it's gonna be very dead here in the next yeah. few weeks. Uh, that news being For that, sure. I believe it was a assistant. Uh, what was her actual title? Do you know? Uh, it um, was... it was like uh, let's see, let's see. It was a crew member. I think it was like a production assistant. Let me see. Yes, uh, her that's na- what it was. production assistant Amanda Smith, thirty years old, was injured on March 11th while on set of the CW series. According to reports, she was sitting under a Georgian vin- viaduct when a boom lift struck her in the head and pinned her. Sources on set said that due to vehicle traffic nearby, there was no chance of her hearing the machine as it lowered. So basically, um, what this is, is if you guys don't know what a lift is, it's those mechanical things that uh, usually they get all the way on the ground and they pick you up to higher levels. Uh, You'll see people that do murals, uh, people that are working on power lines, people that do those kind of things. It's one of those. uh, That fell down and landed on her head. So, and it pinned her down. So uh, this caused her to be paralyzed from the waist down. So they're hoping with surgery and rehabilitation that she'll be able to get uh regain sensation in her legs but um yeah 30 years old uh just working on a movie set getting uh, paralyzed which is very unfortunate uh very recently and maybe this happens all the time i don't really know but it might just be social media actually putting it out there there have been a lot of accidents on film sets recently like the walking dead guy died Mm -hmm. the deadpool chick died Mm -hmm. um there was somebody that I think got hurt on one of the other CW shows, right? Or something like that. I think somebody uh, else got hurt. I can't but remember entirely. Maybe I it was know, Supernatural. It was one. I, I want to say that was another accident somewhere. I know. On that, something like, we watch. Uh, I know that Arrow has had, in the recent years, uh, has had mm-hmm. some random, like, I think I think it was a stunt double of Arrow. I think okay. it was a stud double era. Yeah, so there, I don't know. I just feel like maybe social media is like bumping that up, or maybe just because I've been paying so much more attention to superhero production news that I just see it a lot more. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, this is very unfortunate. Um, and it sucks that it happens right before the show's gonna has to come to a halt. Cause it's like, man, if we would have got this stopped, you know, sooner, maybe she'd be fine. So, like, yeah. you know, and it's unfortunate. I think, I think that as far as the TV shows go, Mm-hmm. I think they still have like maybe like four episodes each. Yeah, that they actually have in the can. Uh, thankfully for things like Black Lightning, it has half a season. It yeah. literally finished its whole season like two weeks ago. Yeah, so that doesn't have to worry about anything with the coronavirus. But like, TV is about to come to a halt. It's gonna be a weird time. Yeah, streaming services will definitely go up, but, and other, you know, because there's no, there's like no sports, there's nothing. It's going to be reruns. I was going to say, do you think that they will like, hey, for this time during the uh, pandemic, we're going to show the freaking uh, crossover again? 
Yeah. I don't see why not. Because things like Nick and Knight are going to be like four-hour block of friends. And I'll still watch it. So like that's how that's how CW gets their viewership. Bring back mm-hmm. the crossovers. Like dudes yeah. crossover well, from from one all the way until now. If it hurt like if it's if CW is really hurting like we they don't have any new content, you can just do the gimmicky things that like AMC does where they're like for the next, you know, 2 weeks back to back Walking Dead marathon. And it's just every episode from one day to the new episode. So they could be like, Flash season, blah, blah, blah. And it's oh, just, yeah. you can knock out a whole season in one day. So, like, they That'll could be run. interesting. You know, if they wanted to do that, which I don't think they would because they have so much content. But they could well, easily do, yeah, like, like from, power from hours. weekdays all the way up until that 6 or 7 o'clock block, mm-hmm. they have content. They have those yeah. reruns of, like, freaking big bang theory family guy yeah they show all that stuff before seven o'clock yeah so i think they should be good but from seven o'clock to nine o'clock those two hours yeah like it's gonna be very interesting what they put throughout their it'll story. it'll be reruns i mean freaking wwe recently like on monday night raw they have a three-hour slot they need to fill the first hour they just showed the royal rumble like literally just showed the Royal Rumble. Are you serious? Yeah. They showed the Royal Rumble and the last two hours were like the content they did that they filmed it th- themselves. Wow. So like, yeah, they're just, people are going to fill content because it's, they're contract, uh, contractually obligated to do that. Yeah. So if they got to rerun stuff, they'll do whatever. But anyways, uh, if you guys want to go help out uh, Amanda Smith, they actually do have a GoFundMe for her. Uh, you can oh, just search cool. up. Yeah, they have a GoFundMe. According to this article, there's a GoFundMe established for assistance to help her recover and stuff like that. So um, obviously we can't put that link here on the podcast. Uh, And it's actually not on this article, but I'm pretty sure if you just search it up, it'll pop up. But uh, just search up Batwoman, like, paralyzed assistant, and I'm pretty sure the articles, uh, GoFundMe will pop up. But, yeah, so if you want to go ahead and help out this person, you definitely can do that. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, it's things happen it sucks so i wish her the best and i hope she's able to recover and get back on a film set so that is all the movie news we have there was a tidbit which i'm so glad i didn't listen to clay this morning that there was a ps4 uh production thing happening today ps5 whatever and it didn't have shit in it it was just all the specs for the ps5 dude the guy there was like four or five different media trades that because uh-huh. within like five minutes of this dude talking i literally uh-huh. pulled up my phone and started looking at twitter like that's yeah. how boring it was and then in within that time there was already like screen rat comicbook.com they were all saying mm. wow ps5 uh announcement super boring and there was a whole article on it already yeah it's hilarious but yeah, yeah I don't uh, know, absolutely nothing apparently there was going to be some sort of huge event but because of the pandemic they decided yeah. to scrap it. We have no clue when they will decide to do that. Apparently, there was going to be an actual reveal of the body of the mm-hmm. PS5 with some footage. I think there was like a 0.5 um, second clip of Dead Space with the graphics of PS5. Um, Are they going to redo that game? Uh, he he used it as an example for uh, talking about sound. Okay. And... If mm-hmm. technically, if people are saying that the rumors are true about backwards compa- 
compatibility. Uh, and if they yeah. do a remake of some of the bigger games for those older mm-hmm. consoles, I could definitely see there being a Dead a Dead Space remake. I never got to finish Dead Space because I left. I lent that to my girlfriend at the time, and then we broke up, and I never got it back. So. I I can't do scary games. I I can't. No, I, dude, Dead Space is amazing, though. It was I, so like it was just like ah, and you're like ah, uh, it's exactly great. exactly. Uh, I can't, do but that. it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, but Dead Space, like even the genre itself, like or the the just now, lore I, and I, just did you style of it was the, great. Did you watch the animated movies? Of Dead Space. No, but I saw like I saw the good parts. So no, those like, were good. I watched those. Those were really good. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, so that was crazy. So we thought we would have had some game stuff today, but uh, it was funny because Clay texted me like at eleven, right before he's like, "Do you can do a reaction to this?" And I just saw the text, and I just threw my phone to the side. I was like, "No, I'm gonna go to sleep still," <laughs> and I just fucking <laughs> stayed in bed. And then I woke up like an hour later. I was like, "Did so they announce anything?" He's like, "No, it's pretty boring." And uh, so I was just like, all right, cool. I fucking dodged that bullet. Uh, so, yeah, so no game news, but maybe, maybe uh, sometime here in the, in future, the future, we'll see what happens. Maybe um, but yeah. PlayStation will release the PS5 early for because of yeah. Corona. <laughs> that product, no, that is going to get delayed to 2021. I'm calling that right now. Don't, like, don't. Don't put that into existence. No, I'm calling it now. You already jinxed me on my contest. So I'm jinxing the PS5, okay? You jinxed me. I know it. I got... I can't really... I mean, they didn't say I couldn't talk about it, but I'm in this contest to hopefully do some Batman-related content in the future. But Clay was all like, oh, you're probably going to lose out to this one person again like you always do. And I, you know what? It's going to happen because Clay is so bad luck like that. You guys don't even know. Uh, um, but he can never say anything. Anything that actually good that comes true. Um, but all right. So we're going to go ahead and jump over to comics because we have a lot this week. So we're going to go through Nightwing really quickly. Then we're going to talk about Deceased, and then we're going to talk about Robin, which was his 80th year spectacular, which I thought was pretty awesome. Had a lot of good stories in it. it and then we're cool. going to talk about Batman 91. So Nightwing really quickly, because I don't think a lot happened in this personally. No. I think it was a very okay issue. But a Joker has come to town. Uh, Nightwing still is just a random dude in a suit running around the city trying he, to figure out who he is. It's weird because within the last two issues, he's gotten a brand new suit for no reason. Um, yeah. And it's still the Rick Grayson uh, persona, uh, but mm-hmm. he does have Dick Grayson's memories stuck in his head. And yeah. the clash between Dick Grayson's memories and the uh, manipulated Rick Grayson memories from Talon, or the mm-hmm. night, uh, the Court of Owls, uh, they are clashing between each other. And it's literally almost like a double personality type thing. The, yeah. the memories are clashing and like causing him big migraines he doesn't know who to believe as far as his memories uh and this is causing him to really question what he needs to do next and of course joker being in town he is now seeing that like okay if i really want to mess with batman i have to mess with his robins he he knows dick grayson he knows nightwing so to find out that there's these people pretending to be Nightwing, he's yeah. actually kind of annoyed with it, and he actually attacks one of the uh, the police officers that is that is you know acting as a current Nightwing, 
Yeah, like the first one and yes, the main this, one. Yes, this was the main guy who found the Nightwing uh, cave or whatever, found the suits and then gave it to his partners. Uh, and Joker is brutal yeah. with this thing, and it's awesome. Now, this guy is going after Talon because uh, mm-hmm. he definitely wants to stop him. And he assumes that because these people have been stabbed, there was a call for uh, people yeah. being stabbed. Uh, that was Talon's mo. So he was like, "Okay, this is definitely Talon." He goes inside the building, uh, the building, and he's like, "Okay, Talon, you know, get get out here. We're gonna, you're under arrest." And Joker's like, "I'm not Talon. Who are you talking about?" And freaking just slams yeah. his face into. I guess a stove, right? It's like just yeah. a stove. He's like, oh, someone left the stove on. Yeah. So like, and it's completely it. melts his face. Yeah. Uh, it's it's awesome. brutal and awesome. Uh, but you know, that's really all the interaction we see. We have no clue if he actually killed him. And we do see at the very end that uh, Nightwing does have this crystal that we learned about in the last issue. Uh, well, and- before that, before that, there is this little other interaction with Joker running into this guy that. Rick, oh, Rick Grayson yeah. just saved. Yeah. And um Joker's all like, you know, where are you running from pretty much? And he's like, Oh, this guy just uh some guy just attacked us or whatever or saved me. And he's like, Now that sounds like Nightwing, pretty much. Yeah. And uh he's all you know, he's kinda just talking to him doing a very Joker's thing. He's all like, But you never know because of all this fake news uh going around nowadays. And this whole time he's giving this this guy who just tried to rob somebody uh, he gives him a freaking cigar, and he's like lights it in his mouth, and it goes down to a silhouette, which I think silhouettes are always badass in comics. Yes. And the silhouette just shows this thing of this cig- cigar who this guy's like enjoying. He's like, yeah, awesome. Uh, it explodes in his face, which was this really panel, great. This panel worked out really well with the silhouette because it the, yeah. the dude is still a silhouette, but the actual explosion is still colorful. Yeah. So it, it works out really well. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, but this is where, like I was saying, uh, there mm-hmm. is a small interaction with uh, Rick Grayson and Bay, which is her mm-hmm. actual name. I thought it was a nickname. Bay is yeah. actually her name, uh, his girlfriend, and you know they go downstairs for some reason. But this crystal that Nightwing had gotten from the uh, doctor that he was actually you know counseling with and everything else, uh, she ended up being a part of Talon. She's dead now. But this crystal is, you know, it has some sort of power to basically manipulate his memories. He doesn't know this, yeah. but he just saw the crystal. Uh, he he noticed or he senses some sort of importance with it, so he he kept it on hand. Uh, Joker ends up taking it. He doesn't know what it is, but he feels that it's also important, and so he takes it. And yeah. while he takes that, he is wearing a Nightwing costume at the very end. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, that's he, interesting. He's, so he's that like, guy's probably dead. He is like, yeah, because you notice all the blood that's on it. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't notice that. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. Which I thought it would have been a cooler ending. Maybe they're gonna show it in the next issue to have that guy like cut up or something like that, or like, hey, like we just got a you know a note that this guy's dead. Um. But we've been saying for a long time that one of those Nightwings needed to die. Like, yeah. it's been a long time. There's four of them. There's four died. of them. Two of them are, like, brother and sister. And the yeah. brother, the little kid, like, he... Every, it seems like every major arc that is in this book, he's, he's always been hurt. getting, like, beaten the fuck up. It's super, yeah. like, just, like, it's horrible. 
The dude has been stabbed yeah. multiple times. And, yeah. like, I understand that it's, like, comic book, you know, you mm-hmm. know, uh, realism or whatever. Yeah. But the whole point is that the heroes are able to survive that. You know, Joe mm-hmm. Schmo is not supposed to. Yeah. So for these guys to be able to withstand that kind of thing, it was a little silly. And I, I will say it's 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 not ironic, but just for the guy to that first grab the Nightwing costumes, mm-hmm. for him to possibly die first, is kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, he they definitely need to die. One of them does, so the other ones can stop. And in the in the same issue, they kind of like, hey, man, we should really stop. Like, the brother and sister say, like, we should give this up. Like, this is too many close calls already. Uh, the black guy, who's a fireman, was also like, nah, man, this is part of our duty or whatever. So uh, that was interesting. But that's pretty much all the Nightwing is. Uh, it was funny, and, I, you know, it sucks for anybody that might have bought this issue at a very marked-up price. Because there was a typo in the solicit saying that this was going to be the first, like, appearance of Punchline. And she's not in this at all. So, you know, yeah. unfortunately, if you guys got, if you got got by the uh, scalpers out there, you know. Hey, maybe know. they didn't because they probably asked for their money back on eBay because of this whole coronavirus. Maybe. Who knows? But uh, uh, definitely, hopefully, you guys didn't get played because there was nothing in there. Also, you should have been buying Batman 89 is what you should have been buying. Yeah, for sure. So that's her first appearance ever. Well, technically, so. just comic book lingo, that's her first cameo. Her first appearance is oh. when she, full, she shows up in full body whatever, uh, which I believe is going to be 92 or 93. Oh. So those yeah. are the ones you should be grabbing, not you know random tie-ins, because the tie-ins don't do anything for, mm. for this kind of thing. They never do. The only one yeah, that did... So. We'll was see, surprisingly, but um, Teen Titans. Yeah, I still don't know why they did that. Yeah. Um, but uh, moving on to DC's Unkillables, deceased Unkillables is what I should say. This is a uh, issue two, which is only three issues in this series. Uh, last time we left off, it was kind of just uh, we were catching up with all of the villains and like the other superheroes that we didn't see in Deceased. Which is like Jason Todd, aka Red Hood, Cassandra Kane, and Jim Gordon. They had uh, found an orphanage with a bunch of kids, and they were going to decide to protect them and hold down in this place. Yeah. Um. And so that's kind of where we start. Everybody's like, "All right, what are we going to do?" Uh, the first uh, few uh, pages start off with a radio broadcast, which we saw in the first uh, series. From Lois Lane saying, like, hey, we're about to take off in a few hours. If anybody's trying to get here, get to the spaceships. And for some reason, Gordon and them decide not to tell the kids. And so they ignore this broadcast forever, and then it shows a spaceship taking off. Yeah, they, so, they do They do that because Gordon feels like there's they no won't be way able to protect the kids. that they can't protect the like all of the kids and make it to the ships. So it's basically yeah. a suicide like mission to just stay there and take care of the kids, which yeah. is a very Gordon thing to do. Like to be honest, it's just yeah. But what would you do? Um, it's hard to say because you have the Batmobile. The Batmobile cannot mm-hmm. carry that many people. Yeah. But, but if I, I think if the I Batmobile were, could probably pull. I was gonna say, uh, do you think a Batmobile bus. could could uh, could tow a school bus? 
Yeah, I think so. You put the I think bus you in fortify the... a school bus, yeah, and you just go with the Batmobile. Um, and then you know what? If the zombies get on your shit too much, you cut that freaking thing loose and you just take off in the Batmobile. So you know what? Sorry, At the end kids. of the day, it's all about you. Um, oh man! But uh, That's yeah, totally so you, Jason Todd you know, <laughs> it's true though. <laughs> Woo! Uh, so yeah, we see that happen, and then after that decision is made, we get a little uh, you know jump to the villain island that they're chilling on. It's called Ball's Pyramid, and um, we see that Cassandra or Cassandra's mom, who is uh, Lady Shiva wants to see Cassandra. She's like, I know my daughter's alive. Take me to her. She uses Mirror Master. They go to the orphanage. We have a little fight because Cassandra's like, no, I stay here with these kids. They're my family now. They, you know, mom and daughter fight each other. Jason Todd's like, this is not going to happen. Gets knocked the fuck out by Lady Shiva because she is one of the best fighters in DC. And she's like, you know what? Stay here to die. And so her and Mirror Master go back through the mirror that is in this thing, and Vandal Savage is pissed when they get back on the other side. They're like, "You, what are you doing? Like, you can't take Mirror Master out. He's her like backup plan. There's no way he needs to be going doing stupid missions like this." And I like how and, Vandal Savage is like, "I last, I have lasted like millennia because yeah. of being smart. Don't do something stupid like this." Basically. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, you know, they. You know, I, Deathstroke's kind of like trying to be the voice of reason here. He's like, "Hey, hey, like we shouldn't be turning on each other." Vandal Savage is like, "You're right, buddy. Hey, come like, let me come tell you our master plan over here." And he <laughs> there takes him. Been red flags immediately. Yeah, <laughs> and he's all like, "Let me let you in on this master plan." Takes him to this like laboratory place where we see um, the uh, cre- uh, What is his name? Creeper, yeah. right? We see Creeper just, like, chilling on a thing, like, spread out, like, uh, you know, he's being experimented on. He's like, what's up, buddy? Yeah, and he's, like, cut open, like, and he's just, like, chill. And Deathstroke's like, what the fuck? And (laughs) Vandal Savage is like, Grundy, get him. They knock out Deathstroke, and uh, Vandal Savage is like, dude, y'all are the reason I'm going to get a cure. Because y'all are both weird fucking people that are able to survive this somehow. So I'm going to cut y'all up and get this cure somehow. And so Vandal Savage is doing that, and out of nowhere, we get, um, I'm forgetting her name. Rose. Uh, Rose comes out of nowhere, which is uh, Slade's daughter, stabs him through the, you know, through the chest. Of course, he's immortal, so he's not gonna, not gonna fuck him up. Uh, she saves her dad. Grundy's kind of there, like, uh, what am I gonna do? He's trying to pull the knife out of Vandal Savage's uh, back, and then out of nowhere, we hear this... Well, the reason it, why, well, right before that, Rose, she, uh-huh. the the reason why Rose is able to save, oh, she's her dad, the future, is right? She she even tells Vandal Savage, "Hey, I could see into the future," and it's not like a yeah. like, it's it's more like a premonition rather than looking into the mm-hmm. future. Uh, she has. Did they like, do that in the show? Uh, no. As far no? as I know, as far as I can, has remember, this always no. been a power of hers? Uh. I think it's a New 52 thing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I don't remember it being in pre-New 52. Uh, yeah. But she is able to see a couple seconds into the future. And mm-hmm. while she is, you know, she, she stabs Vandal and says, you didn't think I saw this coming? Like, I see into the future, bitch, you know, and stabs yeah. him. And then while she has Deathstroke, like, over her shoulders and everything, she all she says is, oh, no, we need to get mm-hmm. out. And Vandal's like, why? She said, B- 
because of this. And then the freaking yeah. wall just breaks open and it's fucking zombie Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like, and this is when you immediately find out, holy shit, this is like the ending of yeah. the first book. It's deceased. Like, we always thought that Unkillables was going to be parallel to the actual book of deceased now and the first few pages showed us that yeah the the first few pages showed us that but this completely confirmed it with you know wonder woman being the almost the last person to turn in killing cyborg and in the original story yeah and so when this happened i was like oh shit like there is no way these people are surviving and of course the do justice on bando savage right here Mm -hmm. is so awesome she goes directly for Vandal Savage, grabs him by the freaking shoulders, or yeah, yeah. I think she grabs him by the forehead. Holy crap! Because she rips him down the head, like oh, yeah. head to yeah. toe. She yeah. rips him in half. Rips him in half, right down the middle, and she even like she basically fucks everybody up. And yeah. of course, Mirror Master uses his mirror and says, "Hey, let's everybody get out of here." Captain Cold actually stays behind to stop her. Mm-hmm. And the one place that Mirror Master thought of was the school with everybody else. This was actually really cool because at this point, all the heroes that are currently there, Jason, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Cassandra, and uh, Gordon, they all talk with the villains and they're like, hey, like, we're all going to die anyway. Let's not fight each other now. Let's try to survive. And uh, Mirror Master actually attempts to go back for Captain Cold, and he doesn't make it, basically. But we don't Mm -hmm. see him until later. Uh, The villains basically team up with the heroes here at the school, and they form a bond. They they form, like, an actual, like, cohesive, like, hey, we're going to survive this. Uh, We do learn, uh, you know, last issue we saw the... uh, the door that was nailed shut and shit. Yeah, the walking dead keep out door, pretty much. Yeah, basically. And the villains were like, hey, if we're going to survive this, we need to kill whoever is still zombified in there, basically. And Gordon yeah. was very much against it because he, there's still humanity left in Gordon. Like, he's like mm-hmm. he's not ready to just be up and killing people. Uh, yeah. But they told him, Gordon, go to the other room. You don't have to watch this. And there was actually a little surprise in that room. When they opened it, Jason saw a very familiar person. Now, if anybody knows comic books and knows DC characters, you would have also immediately recognized the red and yellow shirt of Mm -hmm. Billy Batson. And my initial thought is, what the hell is Billy Batson doing in Bloodhaven? Yeah. Yeah, that was very interesting. It's weird. Mm -hmm. But... I mean, it works. It definitely does. And we know, like, it's not Shazam. It's Billy Batson. Billy Batson is a zombie. And all of the villains get out their guns and immediately start killing all of these people. Yeah. And I'm very curious to see how Billy Batson, of all people, would have turned. Like, was he just chilling and got bit? Like, yeah. because I would have went instantly to Shazam mode. Like, oh, yeah. oh shit, I am. Like, you know. For so, real, like, um, you would think, like, the, all the lightning would, like, kill a whole bunch of zombies, yeah. too. 
Well, I mean, one, I think also I probably wouldn't be out of Shazam mode a lot, but I'd just always be in that. That is uh, true. I'd Black Adam it up. So, uh, so yeah. So, anyways, they end up taking care of all of that, and they it's just like this big montage after that of the heroes teaching the kids, like, hey, if we're going to try to get these kids out of here and like have them survive... They're going to need to learn how to fight. They're going to need to learn how to protect themselves. And so it's like this big montage of all the villains teaching their ways to these kids. And there's like all these bonding moments to the, the point where like Cheetah even gets petted on. <laughs> and um, like she's like, oh, you know, she acts like a cat there. Um, so it's pretty interesting. And then we see a little bit of romance between, uh, you know, Jason Todd and Rose, which that's been hinted at in the show before. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that, that was pretty interesting. And then uh, the comic starts ending with uh, Mirror Master finally showing up after he was bitten by Captain Cold when he went to go back and save him. He got bitten, and uh, he came through the mirror, and of course, the one person he gets is big ol' bad Bane. And Bane goes crazy. He gets uh, swiped across the back, which it breaks his Venom thing, which is what I noticed. And uh, I was scared here, too, because Bane was right next to Ace. And I was like, you motherfuckers, don't kill Ace. Dude, (laughs) I feel like they're just teasing it. They're they're just teasing it the entire Mm -hmm. time. It's going to happen. I just know it. So, so. um, you know, they hear a lot of commotion. Everybody runs over there. We see a kid getting dragged through the mirror world almost um, by uh, Mirror Master. We see Deadshot come to save the kid's life. He gets pulled in, and the mirror, they shoot the mirror, cutting off his legs. Yeah, and it cuts yeah. off his legs. Which I it do. It cuts off his I legs. Don't, I don't appreciate the cutting off the legs part, but I do appreciate Tom Taylor showing the bond that uh, yeah. these villains have made with these kids because he, he like, calls the kid by his name, uh, yeah. Zade. Like, that's how you, you're, you're, you know, okay, they have spent time with these kids enough to like okay really care enough for them to know their names yeah Um, it's a very subtle you know little you know thing that he puts in there but it shows a lot and for somebody like deadshot somebody who is in the suicide squad to legitimately Mm. care for somebody other than himself uh was really cool to put himself in harm's way uh for that kid to survive now if he's gonna survive the next issue we have no clue like yeah. I think it would be, yeah. ki- I think it would be kind of messed up for uh, Tom Taylor to now. I know I understand that he just had a whole bunch of villains kill a whole bunch yeah. of zombie kids, but it, I don't know if DC would be okay with Tom Taylor being like, "Hey, I'm gonna kill this kid real quick." Like, is that okay? Uh, I mean, he doesn't work there anymore. But Dan Didio did tell Tom King, he's like, "Hey, if you want to kill that little girl <laughs> at the end of the Superman story? I'm cool with it." <laughs> So, like, I think they got some cool people that are down with that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, you're right, you're right, you know. But, you know, after yeah. the whole of this, uh, you know, they're really questioning, like, what the hell is going on? What did they do? Uh, yeah. What was that noise? Because they do hear something uh, crash. And freaking Bane opens the barrier outside of the school yeah. and is letting more zombies in. Like, cause yeah, they, that's how the issue ends. They... they find out by this by this one incident that is quite possible that these zombies or the mm-hmm. anti-life equation you know monsters are drawn yeah. by life and that's why there are hordes 
around people who are like being sheltered in different locations and things like yes. that. Yes. So yeah, they. Bas- well, I think they question that with Wonder Woman. Yes. And then yes. yeah, because they're like, how do they find y'all? And um, then they came to the idea like, oh, it must be because of life. And so I, I thought that was a really cool thing. Yeah, and, um, because uh, I think it's Red Hood that says it like at the very end, or just maybe just random narration. It says Bane yeah. ran outside for one reason. He was controlled by an equation, and the anti-life equation uh, improved its odds. Basically, yeah. the anti-life equation went after Bane, like, purposely to help yeah. the anti-life equation, you know, like, feed on life, which I think yeah. is also very cool. So, uh, Yeah, no, I like that it's just not coincidentally they're finding them. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why they're being found. Yeah. So I think that's kind of cool, and I'm glad Tom Taylor looked through that. Because I think a lot of people just forget those kind of things. Mm-hmm. I just finished writing an issue of my co-written series. And the reason why I was having such a big... It, like, I've been writing this issue forever. Because, one, I've been working on a bunch of other stuff as well. But there was just, like, little details that didn't make sense. And we were, like... I was talking to my co-writer. I was like, bro, like this doesn't make sense because of what we did in issue six or whatever. And we, it just for, you know, it's the little details that, you know, I think some writers care about, other ones don't care. They're just like, fuck it. Like, who cares? It's a comic book. Like, they're going to show up. The villains always find the yeah. bad guys or, or the good guys, whatever. Um, so I like that Tom Taylor has actually built in a reason why they're being found. So I thought that was kind of cool. But Deceased, again, I don't think it's as good as the first series, but it's enjoyable. I will say that. Yes. Now, so. I am very interested to see if this will tease... Uh, mm-hmm. Dead Planet, which is something that yeah. we talked about a uh, sh- uh, very small part of last episode, mm-hmm. but I I am enjoying it, and I hope that you know it does fit the landing because you know the first yeah. deceased did not stick the landing. Uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. because this is a smaller condensed story, that it will. Uh, yeah, but we will see. Yeah, and I wonder if those kind of things that aren't sticking the landing are because the writers know they're doing a part two. Like, I'm very curious about that. Oh, yeah, I can see that. So, um, because you got to leave it a little bit open. But that doesn't explain Scott Snyder's Last Night on Earth. So, uh, we know, we'll go from there. Um, or even freaking Murphy's Verse. Maybe yeah. it does. We'll see. Yeah. But. Uh, anyways, a lot of non-sticking landings around here, okay? A lot of non-Grayson-type people around here writing comic books, is what I'll say. Yeah. Because we're going over to the person that usually sticks his landing almost all the time. Uh, his parents don't. But, um, we're gonna go talk about Ooh. Robin for 80-year anniversary. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, hey, they had to miss their landing wow. for us to get Robin, okay? Wow. Yes. I went there. Wow. I went there. Wow. I went there. You know what? They had to die so we could get Robin. Okay. That, that I'm using that quote to promote this podcast when you when go you for it. it. Go for it. <laughs> you can quote me verbatim. Uh, but anyways, oh, so the one thing that um, I think me and Clay really enjoyed about this Robin anniversary, which is 80 years of Robin is instead of just giving you random-ass Robin stories, they went through Robin's history in major storylines and added to those. Yes. Almost, which I think we really appreciate In almost chronological order. Yeah. And I and think they, that is awesome, too. 
Yeah, and they got, if I'm not mistaken, the same writers that wrote those stories. Yes, they got a Chuck Dixon for uh, Nightwing. Uh, and For uh, Contagion, if I'm not for mistaken. For Catalyst. Or uh, is it No Man's Land? No, no uh, it was Cataclysm, No Man's Land. Yeah. Yeah. That mm-hmm. the, Those two coincided. Uh, yeah. Then you had uh, 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 Judd Winnick for Red Hood. You had... Mm-hmm. Uh, Tinian, Tom on, King, Tom King for Grayson uh, and Tim yeah. Seeley. Uh, so you mm-hmm. had all these creators that initially were on those books back in the day, and because yeah. one thing that we have been seeing with, uh, let's say a, a a Flash and Wonder Woman, they are mm-hmm. just literally random stories with a story that is going on with the actual title, you know, at yeah. the at either the front or the back end of the book um, mm-hmm. which is all good don't get me wrong those stories yeah. are fun but they took a really interesting turn with this one and like really added something to their to their imprint on the character yeah uh, do you think this worked well with robin because he's not the main person I like, think he's this, easily added to all of these stories? I think it works well with this story. Or, I think it works well because there's so many Robins. Yeah. If well, because I'm just thinking, like, can you do this with, like, okay, so we just had the Wonder Woman 750th issue. Could you do that with Wonder Woman? Could you go back through history and add two Wonder Woman stories? Because, like, does it not work because she was the focal point? You know what I mean? I think, I think, well... Yes and no, because Nightwing is the focal point of his own title. Mm-hmm. Red Hood is the focal point of something like Under the Red Hood, which we are, you know, saying is dealing with the story yeah. that we have in this book. Well, I mean, I, I don't. Re- so I'm reading through a lot of the old, like, Cataclysm, Contagion, and stuff currently, mm-hmm. just because I've bought in a lot of those, and I like reading Batman in chronological order because it's just fun. Yeah. Um, but of course, that's Batman. So was Nightwing and all of them having their own issues at this time with this main event going on, too? Yeah, no. Like, during this time of, of uh, Cataclysm, of No Man's Land, it was in mm-hmm. the middle of, or, or the back end of Nightwing's 170 issue run. Uh-huh. Okay. So it it was a long run that mm-hmm. Dixon had a majority of uh, other than just like random annuals and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wait, Dixon wrote Nightwing or he wrote Cataclysm because he's writing a lot of the Batman stuff too. He he wrote like I'm reading on DC Universe. I'm I'm reading uh mm-hmm. Nightwing right now and he I'm pretty sure he wrote it like from beginning to end. Hmm. Interesting. I Dixon was a great writer for the '90s. Like he gen, and yeah, 90s no, and early 2000s. He's wrote a lot of good stuff. Like um, I've definitely liked a lot of stuff that he's written for Batman. I haven't read him a lot of other stuff, but I feel like really, he's he has, he has a really good writing style of like mm-hmm. uh, Gail Simone actually said it today. Um, it's not necessarily putting the character in danger in every. Mm-hmm end panel but it's yeah. always making you like what what's happened what's going to happen next like who yeah. what, when where why kind of thing mm-hmm. and he does that very well um yeah he even does it in this book uh with the whole saving the paramedic and then you know you find out that there is a woman that is in labor yeah uh, i think that was probably one of my favorite stories in here 
just because I am in the middle of reading uh, Nightwing's uh, solo title from back mm-hmm. in the day. Uh, so it was very much like, oh yeah, I, I can definitely tell this is Nixon voice for Nightwing. It's a very, very cool. Um, but yeah, we were going to just talk about some of our favorite stories in here because there is a lot. Uh, yeah, so we're not going to give away. So I say we both just go off of, do your talk about your favorite one and then an honorable mention. So okay, that way we so, don't cover a lot of them. Yeah. So, so like, do you have your favorite down? My favorite would have to be uh, the uh, Chuck Dixon, the the, okay. the Nightwing, the second story in this yeah, book, the yeah. Cataclysm one. Yeah. Okay. And what did you like about? It? Obviously, we don't have a lot to talk about because there's like yeah. pretty short stories. But we'll, um, like, what did you enjoy about it so much? I really love. I really dug the art. Uh, it wasn't exactly the way um the art is in the uh nightwing ongoing series mm-hmm. but it's very reminiscent of that kind of cartoony 90s style we also see that kind of style in the stephanie brown story in this book uh, yeah but also the uh very kid-ish heartwarming like voice of nightwing in this whole thing like there's mm-hmm. the entire city is going to shit but you can yeah. definitely tell that there's just something about Nightwing. He is the, like, he, here you can definitely see how he is the opposite of Batman. He yeah. is smiling. He is, like, keeping his spirits up. Like, he is working some things out, like, trying to save people. But he mm-hmm. is, like, doing it in a very non-Batman way. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, this is very much in that realm of Nightwing's, you know, being on his own in Bloodhaven, coming to Gotham when this happens, and mm-hmm. still trying to find out who he is as a solo hero. Um, okay. So that's why I really enjoyed this. So that was my so, favorite. Okay, so I'm going to do one so we can go back and forth and it's yeah. not just us talking for a long period. Yeah. So that was yours. So obviously Tom King wrote a story in here. It's not my favorite. I know a lot of people are like, what? Oh my mm-hmm. God. Although I did enjoy it, I have to say that the uh, Tinian one is my favorite. The Red Robin? Because, yeah, the one with Tim Drake talking to all of the other Robins yeah. about, like, you know, what am I doing next? What am I am? The thing I loved about it is because he's kind of questioning, like, who he is or, like, what he's going to do next in life. Like, am I always going to be a Robin? Am I going to do this? What am I going to do? And so he talks to every other robin he talks to dick grayson he talks to jason todd and of course they're talking while they're fighting and doing all this other cool stuff and every one of them gives their advice like dick grayson's like you know um you know you should show him what you can do and blah 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 where jason todd's all like ah you know i kind of had a different path i did my own thing blah blah blah. and you know they kind of give whatever but the thing i loved about this one i like jason's first piece of dialogue in that story the i say fuck them yeah <laughs> yeah i say yeah it's very he's Jason like shooting Don. a whole bunch of people it's great yeah <laughs> and so the cool thing about this though my the reason why i think it's my favorite is when he talks to damien because a lot of people always think damien he's the chosen one he is bruce's actual son and damien just shits on everybody else mm-hmm. and so you think of him as an asshole. Like, that's just how... I mean, for the longest time, I thought Damien was an asshole. It wasn't until I saw him in, like, Super Sons and these other books that I was like, you know, I actually kind of like Damien now. Yeah. Um, because he was just a mini Bruce. He's he's definitely and, um, grown up over the years. Like, definitely. 
Oh yeah, for sure. But in this one, uh, when he goes and talks to Damien, uh, this is exactly what Damien says right at the start after he's talked to Red Hood and Nightwing. He's like, let me guess. Richard told you to be some shining ideal and Jason told you to take what you can and run. And then he's like, yeah, pretty much. And he's like, you should have come to me first and I could have told you that I would, what I've been saying for ages, you are not really as smart as you think you are. Um, <laughs> now, do you want to know the secret of art to robo jujitsu, or do you, will you need some babysitting? Because they're about to fight a bunch of robots. Yeah. And so, like, Damien, like, kind of tells him flat out, like, you know what? Like, you should have came to me because I know what I'm fucking talking about. And the cool thing about this is you think Damien's going to be a dick. And, you know, Tim's probably, like... I don't even know why I talked to you. He's like, you're hearing my words. He was like, but you're not hearing the meaning behind them. Yeah. And he talks about, he was all, you do anything. He was, he, he kind of reminisces of like what he's done in life or like as a Robin. And then he ends it by saying like, um, what do you want to do with your life? He was like, do anything you damn well, please. Because that's always what tim drake is done he is the one that found batman he's the only robin that found his identity because he was like oh he's going through some shit like tim's always been his own man when it comes to this he picked up the robin suit he wasn't giving it to him like you so know i have what a mean? question about that and i never mm -hmm. really questioned this before but he makes a comment that uh he found out about bruce in a week time he, mm -hmm. he found out the identity of both robin and and Bruce, uh, and Batman. That's what he says. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, my question is, if Jason hadn't died, do you think he would have known who Batman was? Probably not. Because I think the reason why he was able to find out is because Bruce was so sloppy. Yeah, that's what I yeah. was thinking also. Because if you look at it too, uh, Scott Snyder basically did the same thing with Harper. Yeah. So Harper was able to find out that Batman was being sloppy because Robin had just died, who yep. was da Damian Wayne. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So, but at the end of this story, uh, Jason, I mean, uh, Tim Drake goes to Batman. He's like, so I got your message. Are you sure? And Tinian did write this. So if you guys don't know, Tinian's actually written a lot of Batman before even being on the main Batman title. Yeah. And uh, he wrote this really good story in Detective where he started this like little Batman faction, which had Cassandra Kane, Clayface, Batwoman, spoiler, Tim Drake, and Batman. Yeah. And um, you know, it led to this big story about Brother Eye and it was all a very of this crazy story. story. It was yeah, a it was very it, good. Yeah, it was awesome. And you know, he called it the Gotham Knights Protocol. Yeah. And so this was basically a prelude to that. Yeah. And I'm always, I love stories that prelude to something else or lead into other stories. Yeah. So I thought this was really cool. So that was my favorite. So what is your honorable mention? So I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say okay. that uh, my uh, honorable mention, I have two. This is how I'm going to mm -hmm. cheat. Uh, of course, the Grayson story, uh, just because it very much touches on the ideals of Nightwing. Um, yeah. Because he is basically training somebody in a spiral, but he's using mm -hmm. Batman's uh, like way of thinking, but doing yeah. the exact opposite. Like when Batman yeah. will tell him one thing, he's telling this rookie spy a completely opposite thing. And the reason why he's doing it is at the very end, Batman tells him, all right, the last mm -hmm. thing I'm going to tell you, forget everything I said and just be you. 
Like yeah. that. He real... says, uh, "Ignore your mentor. Do what you do best." Yeah. When when you said, "Hey, it gets better. It gets better." Because um, I was enjoying it the entire time, but you know yeah. that piece of dialogue completely sold me on the on the t- mm-hmm. on that story. But my actual honorable mention is, of course, the best story in here. Well, the the second best because it's my honorable mention. Uh, Tomasi and freaking uh, oh Jimenez, the uh, Super, Super Sons. Sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good. Seeing the kids again, seeing the real Superboy again, was really really mm-hmm. fun. Um, and it just shows that relationship and how you know. It, it shows the annoyance of Robin with Superboy and how he kind of puts up with him. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it was just so good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, Super Sons is actually really good. Um, the the Tom King one was really awesome, too. And, and that would definitely be one of my favorite stories in this book if I wasn't just trying to like keep it limited. Uh, I will say one thing I do want to point out about that is I saw a headline on it. They were like, did Dick Grayson just do this? And they're hinting at that he just fucked an ape. Yeah. So, yeah. So, because, like, what happens in the story is he saves this really hot redhead. And she's been, like, trapped and all this stuff. And it turns out she's wearing a cloak or whatever. And she's actually a, a freaking ape. And the Paris who he's training, she's like, she she's a gorilla? And then, um, she, you know, Dick Grayson's kind of, like, really shocked. And I don't know if it's something that they hint at in here let's see blah, well, blah, no, he, he says something like oh and rule number whatever and then like he kind of puts his hands up like oh well and so um no i don't think so that yeah he, really... let me let me look at it real quick he because like i don't know if it's when he meets her that yeah, he's he, like no, says no, something. so he says here uh never this is batman speaking he says never get mm-hmm. attached never get personal feelings can betray your mission and then this is where you see, like, this is after, like, immediately after she turns. Mm-hmm. And Nightwing says, lesson six. And then he looks at Paris and he's, like, putting his hands up, like, oh, well. Like I don't, I don't like, see where he's putting his hands up. I just see lesson six. And then, oh, he has, like, one hand up. Yeah, he's, because like, he, he's holding the hand of the gorilla. He's, like. Yeah. This story, though, it, I don't understand it. Because he's on the side of the gorillas but this one guy's talking about like ending the world but that's not a gorilla that's not it looks like a gorilla it looks like uh just an evil gorilla it looks like the gorillas are going after him oh i guess uh this is really weird because it was just like uh my subject because he's saying my subjects i have lived for many years i have seen humankind expand and contract like uh, breaths from a lung many times now as the great expansion has lasted too long the lung is thin and strained and then uh, there must be a mass extinction behold the Prometheum fire that I will cleanse this world uh, and then it says he who never dies rallies for his forces and uh, raids the Prometheum so gorillas prepare to attack so they're attacking this guy I but think he, who, who are his subjects He's no. He's saying like he wants to be basically the ruler of the world, and so he's he's calling him, "Hey, future servants, you will mm-hmm. rule me." Basically, ah, okay. is what he is trying to. Yeah, say. I didn't really get that. Yeah, with that one. Um. So yeah, that was Tom King's story. I thought I uh, yeah, the meaning behind it and everything was really great. The story <laughs> itself was just very wacky and zany. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
but I will say the one I probably thought honorable mention wise was the last story with Damien, uh, with Bruce chasing after Damien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just because it leads to another story, which is going to be in the future, which is going to be the Teen Titans annual. Which um, this story, I'm not keeping up with that that comic book, but it made me interested to go back and read what's happening because Damien talks about how he's going to do things differently than Bruce because. Bruce's way doesn't work. Like, Damien apparently is capturing people and erasing their minds and sending them somewhere else. So, I thought that's pretty insane um, to see that he's going that far to, like, be different than Bruce. Uh, But then, at the same time, uh, he thought he was tricking Batman, and Batman actually caught on to his trick, and he's been following him this whole time, too, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, So, they get into some fights with some robots, and the, the whole time in this story, what's happening is Bruce and Damien just can't talk to each other. They're just there, and he's all like... They, you see this inner monologue, this, in, this inner dialogue between them. They're like, he's never going to change, and he's like, I'm never going to get through to him. And it's just constant, like, just fucking talk to each other. Like, that's all this is. And if they would just talk to each other, things would get better. But at the end of it, they're just kind of like, uh, you know what, um you know, I can't get to his heart or whatever like this. It's just, like, really crazy. And, uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed this story because it sucks that, like, I mean, at they they don't get through to each other, and then Batman's like, I'm taking him in. Go home, Robin. And, um, and then Robin's like, good talk. And it's just, you're just waiting for them to talk to each other so they can get through their differences, but they're both super stubborn, and they just can't do it. So, yeah. um, yeah, that, that was why I really enjoyed that story. Yeah, I, so, I really enjoyed that story. But then it's story. leading the to something thing, crazy. There's going to be like this Batman-Robin showdown. Well, the only thing that really, yeah. like, uh, that turned me off on the whole story was the was the art for it. Like, I, it, it was really reminiscent. Yeah. It was really reminiscent of, uh, uh, we, we talked about it, uh, almost like the, the Golden Child book that came out mm-hmm. yeah. with uh, Frank Miller. Uh, it was kind of like that art, and mm-hmm. I was just like, uh, like, I, I really enjoyed the subject matter because it was teasing a, you know, that future, like, story. And, and you know, just Bruce being Bruce and Damien being Damien, you know, buckling heads like that is just like, I told you, I told you at work, I really don't like dramatic irony. And so I was mm-hmm. just like, God, just talk about it already, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool. All in all, the 80th year, the 80th anniversary for these was really good. I really enjoyed this. Uh, I will yeah. be picking it up when I go to the comic shop, hopefully tomorrow. So, yeah, that this was awesome. So now moving on to the final issue we'll be discussing this week, and that is Batman 91. Uh, do you want to take the lead on this one? Yeah, so in Batman 91... It was, oh gosh, I need to get my books because I was <laughs> dumb and freaking, let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, yeah. So I'll, now, I'll take the lead. Clay's having okay, some cool. technical difficulties. I am having yeah, a little so, bit of technical uh, difficulties. I got it right here. I actually got it right here. <laughs> okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Cause I was actually like, I was like, do I need to reread some of these books? I think I got it. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure I got it. And as soon as you're like, hey, Batman 91, I was like, crap, I don't got it. I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this this book, I mean, I like it. 
uh it does have you know in the very beginning the whole joker being a little extra for me like i i feel like it was like it was joker but i just felt it was a little weird mm-hmm. like i don't know if tinian like i know tinian has a voice for joker we've seen it you know previously before it just this yeah. felt a little weird uh just his conversation with this random uh juice bar guy and yeah you know but when uh he does say oh you know i i killed the other the last you know freaking bartender or whatever i was like okay that sounds a little bit more like joker yeah uh we do uh have you know where we left off last time with deathstroke being chased by the uh drones basically uh which again mm-hmm. i don't think there was a new bat gadget in this book uh, but we did see a. Yeah, I don't think so. We we got an actual look at the, uh, what did they call this thing? The the new, uh, vehicle that flies. Yeah, like the new Batwing kind of thing, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I, what I it was can't called. remember what it was called. It was in the very it's first huge, issue. Though. But in this book, it was uh, issue one. Yeah, it was. I mean, well, or like Obtinian's run. Yeah, it was the first 86. issue of Obtinian's run. Uh. Uh, we get to see another uh, fight between Deathstroke and Batman, and we see Harley and Catwoman uh, teaming up again. And in this, it was very weird because, you know, we did see some articles online talking about how Batman freaking uh, tells Deathstroke that he's a bad superhero or whatever. Uh, But he's basically explaining, like hey, you know what I have to deal with. And he's being real with them to the point of like, hey, you know my secret identity. You know who I am. You know that I am doing my best for Gotham. So can you please let up, basically? And Deathstroke says no. He's like Mm -hmm. straight up just like, no, that's not my job. I'm getting paid here. And uh, during all of this, Catwoman and uh, Harley are... You know, still inside Riddler's hideout, I believe it still is, uh, because she uh, Catwoman does yeah. uh, set up a booby trap basically, and blows up the facility, and does make a little joke, you know, with Harley. Yeah. Because Harley's like, "Oh, are you going to? Uh, what does she say? She says, uh, is this one of those things where you do a super cool hovercraft, you know, on the edge of the building, and we're gonna land on it?" And- freaking Calvin's like no and she's like ah nerds yeah and they land uh i like i understand the like funny harley uh i mean it does have a small comedic relief but it's really weird when she does like her funny comedic things next to serious characters it just it feels very weird Mm -hmm. uh Especially around Catwoman, because yeah. I would understand next to like somebody like Batman, you know, because we did see that a lot in the Harley Quinn show. But I don't know; it just felt weird mm-hmm. with Catwoman. But uh, while Deathstroke and Batman are falling, because they did jump off of the Batwing or whatever you know you want to call it, uh, Deathstroke basically calls on Batman's bullshit. He's like, "You're not gonna let us die, so don't act like you're gonna grab a grappling hook from behind." your back and save us basically which he does and the designer basically 
relieves Deathstroke of his duties and sets out to kill both Deathstroke and Batman. And we find out, which was a little bit of a depressing, you know, reveal, because we had our theories on this. Mm-hmm. Um, Riddler yeah. is still working with the designer. Um, you know, we I think we talked about it on, yeah. str- on I was about to say on stream, <laughs> on the podcast, that we wanted yeah. the idea of Riddler's plan to be zero year from Snyder's run. It totally made sense. It yeah. would have lined up perfectly with, you know, timeline and things like that. But it it seems like his plan is actually going to be played through Tinian's run now. So, you know, I, I wonder if he will play homage to... Because it says the Maze Master. I wonder if he will pay homage yeah. to the animated series with that with that episode of the Riddler. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Um I will say I will say uh your mic's breaking up a little bit so it's kind of hard to hear you. But um uh yeah, I don't know. I was a bit disappointed hearing the end of that too. Um when he was all like I haven't had my turn to play yet and he's on all these screens. Um Deathstroke does look kind of like, "Oh, crap. Like what's happening here?" Yeah. Um so I'm wondering if Deathstroke's just going to bail out or if he's going to help Batman. Uh, in this whole thing because he's like i'm not gonna get paid now so like am i just gonna kill this guy um because it feels like a very deathstroke thing to do but yeah i was kind of hoping it was gonna be zero year now granted we when we were talking about that idea i was like that could throw off the whole possibility of like zero year making sense like in continuity wise because then you're saying that before zero year even happened designer joker and everybody would have been there you know what i mean yeah which is possible but if if i recall i think joker possibly shows up after zero year because he he's red hood first you know what i mean yeah and so like it would have really thrown some things off and um so maybe it's for the best that he is gonna do this maze runner thing or maze master thing and do his own special plan but I don't like the idea of Riddler having two different mazes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I like that one was his master plan. Unless he's going to be like, if he references Zero Year, like saying like, I almost got you the first time, but I'm definitely going to get you this time. Then yeah. that means he's he, he's basing off of his old plan which, and he's improved it. Which will make sense because the designer is that character that said, hey, yeah. If you build something, I will help you improve it. Now, this may have, you know, been something like Riddler saying, hey, I tried the where we left off, you know, in Mm -hmm. the Tartarus house and it didn't work. I need you to improve it more. And this is that next level of plan. Maybe. Yeah. So. Yeah, Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I will say, I I mean, I, I like this issue. I thought it was cool. I like that the designers plans are finally starting to come out i enjoyed i enjoyed joker's little story at the start because he was like i wanted to be the devil you know what i mean i thought that was really cool and uh, it just shows like how sadistic and how crazy i mean well the the thing i really loved about it is because the joker was the only one that saw through the ruse i was gonna say and it does shed a little bit of light of what we had learned last issue yeah, sure. and I love that because it, 
Yeah, because Catwoman, Riddler, and Penguin were all in all of the designer. They're like, this guy's going to help us, you know, take down Batman. I'm going to become a king. I'm going to be the, the maze master, whatever. And Joker, when he went in there, he was like, bitch, I know what you're fucking doing here. You're going to have them do all the dirty work. And when all of the puzzle pieces are in place, you're going to take over Gotham. You're going to take over the world. Mm -hmm. He was like, that ain't going to happen because I'm here. Yeah. And I'm the devil. And, like, I thought that was so awesome because it just, again, because one thing I feel like a lot of people don't give credit to Joker is how fucking intelligent he is. Like, he showed in Scott Snyder's Justice League run that he's smarter than Lex Luthor. Yes. And Lex Luthor has made jokes before that Batman is the smartest person on Earth. So that means Lex Luthor would be third. Yeah. If you're throwing Joker in there. Yeah. And we don't even know if Joker is smarter than Bruce or not. Yeah. Because I I could put up an argument that Joker does it, Joker could kill Batman, but he doesn't because his main purpose is for him to break his rule. Yeah. And he, so he doesn't want to kill him sometimes. He's like, "No, no, no. I need him to break his rule, then I can kill him." But he's only going to break his rule by killing me. So I'm going to die. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like there's just like this it's a catch 22. They're both yin and yang. Like they're I think it's why they're so perfect characters. Man, imagine but, if Joker like goes too hardcore on a plan and then accidentally kills Batman and he's like, "Damn oh it." Oh my god. No, he would take him to the Lazarus pit. He would go get his freaking sorcery friends. He's, he's like, like "You need to bring him back. Bring him back. <laughs> you need to bring him back right now." I accidentally killed him. <laughs> yeah. And they'd be like, "Uh, like, isn't that the whole point?" No. No, no, you know what what Joker would do is if he actually killed Batman, he would take him to that death pit and he would kill somebody to bring him back. <laughs> That's what he would do. Cuz he has no problem killing people. Yeah. So he'd kill somebody to bring Batman back. But um yeah, so I really enjoyed that part, you know, cuz I think any time that you can add to the Joker's mythos without giving him an origin, I think is great. Yeah. I hate when people really try to like, oh, this is a solidified origin, blah, 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 blah. Like, I've always enjoyed the mystery of the Joker. Granted, I take the killing joke as his origin. I'll just, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm cool with that being his origin, but still, like, nobody knows for sure. Um, but I enjoyed what Tinian has added here. What did you think about the Batman Deathstroke conversation, though? I, I don't know. It's just like, I understand that there is, you know, because I think this plays a little bit towards the whole uh, Deathstroke versus Batman story that went on, uh, I think, two years ago with the whole thing yep. with, uh, with Damien, Damien possibly being his kid. Yeah. Um, I think this shows a little bit of that, you know, relationship in the sense yeah. of, hey, we're a little bit personal now. Uh, you know me. I know you type of thing. Um mm -hmm. I think it's kind of silly that Batman would try to reason with him, but I think it's because of that past story that he would yeah. try to at least. For uh, sure. But, I mean, we have seen Deathstroke have a little bit of a soft side. So, mm -hmm. like I said, I can understand it. It did feel a little weird because Deathstroke has no, like, he has no game in the protection of Gotham. Yeah. So why would he care about the protection of Gotham, you know? Yeah, he just cares about getting paid. Yeah. And I do think that that is one of those things that maybe just a 
Batman, you know, maybe a casual reader wouldn't pick up on, but I did read that series mm-hmm. and I thought it was pretty cool. So if you guys have not read that, I highly suggest you guys picking up. I think it's like six issues, like between. I was gonna say, uh, I think it might be its own trade. In yeah. the Batman, I think it's hold up. I think it's starting to rain outside because it's getting really loud. Really? Um, so I don't know if it's raining. It might be raining. I just heard all this stuff outside my window. I was like, I think that's rain. <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, it might be a trade, but it's worth picking up because it's very interesting in the idea that they're, the whole story was playing around with this idea that somebody sent Slade like information that Damien's his kid. Yes. And then Batman's all like, it's not true and blah, blah. And then Damien gets involved and he's like, "It's this is not possible or blah, blah. And so like, I think Damien fights Slade at some point in that story, I think. And Slade's just like, get out of here, kid. I'll kill you next time or some shit like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was a really good story because I think a lot of people, I mean, I am I love Batman. I think he can kick anybody's ass. But a lot of people don't really know that Slade was one of the first people to beat the shit out of Batman. Like, yeah. in comics. Like, yeah. in a really, like, good way. Like, Batman was fighting and everything and Slade, like, just punked him out. Yeah, And so, like, it was, like, a really iconic issue that had came out. And um, so I think he's always been a foe, which which I would have loved to see in Ben Affleck's movie because he was going to be the main villain. I think yeah. Deathstroke is bigger than the Teen Titans. I know they always give him to the Teen Titans to fight, but I think he's a big enough Batman villain to just fight well, Batman. And also, like... Let's be completely honest. In recent years, the only reason why Deathstroke has really gotten some time to shine is Arrow. I will be completely yeah. honest. They made him a badass in that show. Um, yeah. From the start, and then, you know, there was a little bit of a rocky relationship with WB and Manu. Actually, because yeah. of something that happened here. <laughs> yeah, he got arrested. Yeah, he got arrested <laughs> here in town. Dude, you want to know a crazy story about that? What? Is I had met him randomly because uh, he went to the Game of Thrones Hodor uh, DJ party. Oh, yeah. And I had VIP tickets to that. Wow. And so, like, I went to it because it was a meet and greet after. And, the you know, the, the, the thing was kind of cool. Like, the venue there was extremely hot. It sucked. And, like, a lot of people weren't bumping into the music. So it was, like, a little unfortunate. But then after his set was over, he went down to an even hotter room. And he was like, all right, everybody can go in there and, like, take photos and whatever. And uh, apparently I look like one of Hodor's friends. So, like, he's like, oh, man, you look like my mate back in blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was like, oh, cool, man. I was like, you know, I'll be your mate. (laughs) Like, you know, like, whatever. Um, But he was a really nice guy. And when we were, like, leaving the room area, Manu was there. Wow. And so, like, I saw him before he got arrested that night. That's So, hilarious. like, it was crazy. No, like, I actually um, saw him a couple years before that. Um, uh-huh. I actually kind of, like, ticked him off on accident. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it was a Q&A. And mm-hmm. this was, like, right after season two of Arrow. And I didn't know how big of a following he had of because of Spartacus. I had mm-hmm. no idea. And... Yeah. I started my question with, well, I don't know about Spartacus, but, Mm -hmm. you know, and I started asking him DC questions and Mm -hmm. he was like, hold up, hold up. First off, I I just want to say I will always have a love for TV rather than Mm -hmm. movies because I asked him, would he be interested in not necessarily a Slade Wilson 
you know, DC role, but if he would be interested yeah. in doing a role in movies. And he actually opened my eyes to the importance of TV rather than movies because he mm-hmm. said, like, I was, he, he, he said, I was in Lord of the Rings for a total of 15 minutes. I was mm-hmm. on Spartacus for a total of like 15 hours or like something like that uh, yeah. with his total time from like season one to wherever he like ended off. Mm-hmm. And so he, so he like looked at me like dead in the face and mm-hmm. he's like, so I will always have my respect for Spartacus. And I was like, okay, yeah. okay, I'm going to sit down now. <laughs> so you got fucked out by Deathstroke. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, so yeah, he's he's a great character. And I would have really, and maybe we'll get him in Flashpoint, because there are rumors. Yeah. You know, there's photos out there with hashtag Flashpoint that involve you know, um, Joe Manganiello, mm-hmm. who I thought would have been a great... And one thing I will say is thank you, WB and everybody, for not casting this role with a white guy. For real. Because, like, yeah. I feel like, you know, Deathstroke is not a white dude, although they kind of draw him that way. But, you know, they've been casting him as a brown guy. Because from my understanding, he's not white pre, in the comics, is he? Pre-52... Well, no, even in 52. Yeah, he is a white guy. He is a white guy. Is he? Yeah. Oh man! Yeah. Well, whatever. He, I'm glad that they haven't now, been casting him that way. Now, recently on on screen, they have not been casting him that way. Uh, in Arrow, in Titans, yeah. and even Joe Magnello is not white. So, yeah, uh, I think this will definitely, hopefully, change that. In hopefully, doing it in comics, like if they get rebooted again. Um, well, yeah, because his his kids are definitely not white. Like they're definitely mixed because yes. they're Asian, aren't they? Yes. In yeah, so well in in the show they are now in comics. No, they are not all Asian. No, uh, Jericho Rose isn't. I thought Rose is. No, 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 no. If you if you look at them, uh, in their actual like comics, like no, they're they're mm-hmm. both white. Jer- really? Jericho is white. White dude, blonde hair, uh, mm-hmm. tall, lanky. Like, he is, like, stereotypical white dude. Um, yeah. And Rose is... The only thing that really, like, makes her stand out is her white hair. Uh, mm-hmm. But she is also white. Yeah. Well, then, I am completely wrong. I thought I could have saw stuff, like, back in the day that he wasn't a white dude. But, I mean, it's usually the facial hair and stuff that throws him off. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, or whatever. I'm, I'm totally wrong there. Because I'm trying to look up, like, his, uh, by, I mean, his last name's fucking Wilson, though, so yeah. I could see that. Uh, but I, I'm glad that at least they're giving him a brown dude role. Yeah. Like, they're giving it to a brown dude over this other stuff, which I think is really cool. Um, so at least we get something. We're getting a badass character at some point. We should have got Catwoman, because we just saw a fucking Bloodshot, <laughs> and Issa Gonzalez would have been fucking great as Catwoman after you watch Bloodshot. And you keep whatever. reminding us that we didn't get her. We understand. Yes. Okay, Juice. Yes. We understand. No. No, nobody understands. Matt Reeves doesn't understand, okay? <laughs> and look, Corona's off for two weeks. I think, you know, some people want to reshoot all of Star Wars. Some people want to reshoot <laughs> all of freaking, uh, you know, Justice League again with Zack Snyder doing all this other stuff. Let's go ahead and just like, let's go ahead and bring Issa Gonzalez back, okay? Got two weeks off for Corona. Let's go ahead and uh, I wonder re- if re- I recast. wonder if Zoe has filmed anything yet. I'm pretty sure she has. Um, because I don't know when she was on Ellen and stuff, right? When she was promoting that new show, I think she was saying she was going to be like off to go record some stuff. Yeah. So 
if anything, she's probably all like in studio doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. To be honest, because I don't even know if uh, Pattinson's done anything outside. Well, he. So we assume that it was him when he was wearing like the hobo outfit and the on the bike, like one of those very first uh, leaked photos. Yeah, people, but, but a lot of people were saying that was the second team. Oh, really? So usually the second team doesn't involve people. Oh. Um, so I mean, from my understanding of film stuff, it's usually the people that are doing the B-roll stuff or like the light. Like yeah. we don't need patents and all this kind of stuff there. So. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong because that that guy wasn't doing anything on camera. Like he could have easily just been like, "I don't want to wear this helmet right now." Yeah. So they could have been shooting just all the driving shit or whatever. True. Um. But yeah. But anyways, we've gotten way off topic when it comes to Deathstroke and stuff. <laughs> Deathstroke's awesome. He's a white guy. I am wrong because don't come at me in the comments. I was wrong. I just I'm I've actually let the TV infect my mind. Um. So either way, he should be a brown guy. Uh, I'm kidding. But um, I'm not actually. Uh, so with, with the Harley Quinn and Catwoman stuff, the thing that I thought was really interesting when it came to the dialogue here is Catwoman said she was the one that set up the bombs. So when, yeah, when, I thought this was a Riddler thing, she, well, which was crazy. She like assumes that Riddler, you know, didn't like disengage all of his traps that he would have yeah. had for Batman. And that's mm-hmm. when she like messes around with stuff and then sets him. And she yeah. like she plays chicken with the designer, like which mm-hmm. I think is pretty badass. She's like, hey, I'm yeah. pretty sure you don't want like all of these pieces of your chessboard to you know just be blown away. And he says, yeah. he's like, oh, all right, good on you, good on you. I see what you're doing. Uh, yeah. But then she's like, I'm gonna blow it up anyway. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool that she's actually going to chase him to try to steal everything before he does. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. I've always said that an Issa Gonzalez Catwoman movie would be <laughs> really cool. <laughs> As a heist thing, you know what I mean? Like Ocean's Selena, 9. Yeah. See, like, you know, uh, Gotham's 11. I think it would be, like, really cool to have a heist movie with Catwoman. Like, if you want to start... DC has shown that it doesn't care about doing villain movies and hero movies, you know what I mean? And I think if you're going to branch out a Catwoman movie from Batman, I think it would be really cool. You know what? You can branch Gotham City Sirens into being a heist movie with Harley and Ivy as her accomplices. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, that would be something pretty interesting. Like, if they all have something that they need, I think that would be really cool. And yeah, so it's basically an Ocean's Eleven with Gotham characters. Yeah. And uh, I think she's really awesome. So I like that, you know, Catwoman has always had these badass moments. And I like that she she did that here. Now, have you been seeing the... Uh, and basically, Clay already mentioned how the issue ends with um, the Riddler showing up on the screens. But I enjoy the issue. Like I said, I'm just waiting to see where this is going to go. It's unfortunate that we already know it's leading to Joker War. Yeah. And we don't know if the designer is going to be a part of that or if Joker is going to take him out before that or what will happen. I'm hoping not because I think you have a really good opportunity to make the designer a solid character here, which is very rare to do in Batman comics, I think. Plot Um, twist. That like brand new character that is supposed to come out. Oh, the clown hunter is the designer. He's going to like whoop, and it's going to be a clown. Uh, it would be interesting to see if the designer still hides his his uh, memory or his identity, um, 
and he has hired the clown hunter to get rid of Joker. So that could be something I think would be because I mean even bigger plot twist: the designer is the Joker. No, that would be the worst plot twist. Oh, it would. No, you want to know a really good plot twist, dude? All the like the green gas and stuff. Like yeah, I know it's just too easy. The the setting up of Joker killing him in Tartarus house. It makes sense. No, you want to know a real plot twist? The designer. Is Batman. Yeah, that's a plot twist. <laughs> he is just going after everybody's master plan, showing you, like, look, I'm way better than you guys, okay? <laughs> like, I've gotten so far ahead that I had to give you plans to try to take me out. That would be so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm so ahead of you. I'm in two places <laughs> at once. <laughs> yeah. I'm so ahead of you that I've lapped you three times. Like, oh, oh man. man, that would be something. Oh. But uh, no. when it comes to Catwoman, did you see Tom King's latest post about Batcat? Oh, or did... probably the Helena story? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With uh, her drinking wine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Then she just, like, uh, she, like, she almost drinks it, and then she's just, like, looking at the bottle. Yeah, and pours it out. And just fucking tosses it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Don't do it, Selena. Don't be that alky mom. <laughs> like, don't do it." Uh, but yeah, no. I thought like, I thought that was really cool. Like, he's gonna bring a lot of heart to those characters because you know Tom King has a family, he has a wife and stuff like that. And I feel like people that have lived those experiences know add a lot more heart to those kind of things. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm I'm really excited for that eighty that that comes out in what April fifteenth or something like that. Yes. So I'm really excited to read the Catwoman stuff because I wonder if they're going to give her the same kind of treatment. Like if they're going to go through the eras or if that's going to be random ass stories. I, I I genuinely think that because Robin was multiple people, that's the only reason why it works out. Like I think that yeah. it's, it's going to be weird for anybody else to do that. Now, yeah. I think bigger people like let's say a Superman or a Batman, you could mm-hmm. very much do it. But... I mean, I still think that it only works out because it's Robin. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like Selena, you can add Selena to a lot of those like contagion stories and stuff if you wanted to. Yeah. But, um, because I don't know. I mean, Catwoman did have a long run as well, though. Yes. Like, on, you know, back in the day. So she's easily had her own stuff going. But I would like to see more of, well, if, again, I don't think you've read them yet, but, like, she had a zero-year story, so she was there during zero-year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, I saw um, it. I didn't read it. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff like that. That's, like, when she learns to use her, like, sexuality or whatever to her advantage to sneak into places and stuff, so. Um, yeah, I hope there's a, a big variety of stories. I would love a younger Catwoman story to see, like, what she was up to when she was a kid or something. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, to get a little bit more insight on the family dynamic, because there is still that, like, question of, like, is her mom Latina or not? Like, is, yeah. do we got a half Selena and, here? You know, or... there was a, you know, we saw a glimpse of it in mm-hmm. uh, Joelle Jones's uh, last issue, uh, issue 21 of yeah. Catwoman, that her father was, like, an abuser and things like that. So yeah. there can be some dramatic stories of when she was younger. Um, I'm yeah. curious to see if somebody will reiterate when Batman and Selina first meet. Because uh, there was... Yeah. 
there was this weird story. I don't know if you've ever read it called uh, Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader. And it plays mm-hmm. on that. And Catwoman is literally wearing like something of like a like football mascot in the sense of like mm-hmm. the, the there's literally a cat head that she is able to take off. Uh, mm-hmm. And it just looks super weird. I'll have to send you a picture of it. But, yeah, uh, I don't know what that is. I haven't read it. But it's one of the, like, that costume I've never seen before that. So, yeah, to, to see how people play around with, because she has just as many costumes as, like, a Batman or a Superman or, you know, any of the numerous characters that have had tons of costume designs. Uh, yeah. Catwoman is one of those. And so I, I would like to see her through the eras, maybe, you know. Maybe it can work out. Yeah, maybe maybe it can. They are doing they are doing like a a fifties issue, a sixty issue, a seventy issue yeah. covers. Yeah. So maybe each story will be an era story ending with Tom King's. Well, I mean, I guess into I guess kind. Action Comics was kind of like that because they talked about the the car, you know, the famous car that he yeah. picks up in in Action Comics number one. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in Batman, they. I mean, they added to the mythos in some things, and some other things were just random, weird stories, you know? Bendis's. Yeah, Bendis's. Although it was good, it was just random. Like uh, like Jeff Johns's random future story where, you know, there's Helena, and there's, like, a, a little bit of a grown-up Damien, like, all of those mm-hmm. things. So, who knows? It, it, yeah. I, I will, the one thing that I'm genuinely upset about is like Joel Jones literally has nothing except for the main cover on that story, on that whole book. Yeah. Do you know she, uh, tweeted or Instagram post, uh, she was like time to get back to work. And it was a uh, lady killer. Yes. So, um, it looks like she's going back to that. So, but it sucks cause she's not going to be in DC. Yeah. I mean, for for a part time, I'm sure we're gonna see plenty of covers. Uh, yeah, with, but I like her interior art. I, I so. do love her interior art, but I'm telling you, you need to read Lady Killers. It is so good. So yeah, good. I haven't got to that one. I've been waiting to like buy it like in hardcover or something though, but it's only like single cover. It, yeah, it's, it's like, only soft cover right now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping when she releases, I guess part two or whatever, it'll come out. But um so yeah i don't know i think that's pretty cool so i'm excited i'm excited that you know luckily batman has been around so long that we are going to get these like 80th anniversaries we still haven't heard nothing about jokers but people are pimping that out like artists are like I'm dude working the on this. covers I'm on this. are sick like some yeah. of those covers are awesome it is like super intense i know that art germ has done like two or three um yeah a lot of them actually have to deal with punchline so yeah so it'll be, it's going to be really interesting to see. And then, of course, um, Fabic talked about how the Killing Joke covers, or not the Killing Joke, the uh, three Joker covers, are all just going to be, like, face shots. Yeah. Like, up-close face so shots. So it'll be the three Jokers, quote-unquote. Which we already saw. And then it'll be Batman, Batgirl, Jason and, Tom, and, and Red, Hood. Red Hood. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be really interesting because they said they wanted something that's going to pop. But my question is, when you, when you ultimately make the hardcover... What's gonna be your cover? So it it has to be it has to be Joker, obviously. But the back has to be Batman. Like, uh, we'll see. There's well, it would be interesting to see if they make the three Jokers pose the way they have it, like on oh, the, the one yeah, that's out there, yeah, yeah. and then in the back it's the three Bat 
families in their own pose. I can see that. Cool. I can see that. I'll be okay yeah. with that. Okay so we'll one. see what happens to that one. That's not until June. Um, so I thought it was really now. interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, I was listening to that that Tom King podcast. Um, how he he tweeted today, like, because people were, I guess, questioning him a lot. Like, oh, what's going to happen? Is there going to be delays or whatever? And he said, you know, he said a lot of DC stuff was on pause. He was like, but DC has survived for 80 years. Yeah. He was also, you know what? Luckily, this medium is a lot of people that stay home anyways. <laughs> so things should keep on rolling. Yeah, there's this meme going around where uh, where it's, it's like people are saying, when you find out that quarantine is your daily life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, a, and a lot of creators are, are posting it. It's so funny. Um, yeah, but yeah, they are, they are, you know, they're, they have shown, I have seen, I think like four or five different creators, like taking pictures of their DC office and saying like goodbye. And then like the next picture is their home office. And I'm like, the, there's yeah. literally no difference. Like, like, except for yeah. setting outside of those four walls, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, now I can understand. We talk about this a whole lot. Um, the distractions that are at home compared to at an office. Yes. So mm-hmm. that could, you know, definitely play into effect with mo- a lot of these people. But I think that their families are respectful of what they do. And, you know, hopefully they can continue making content. Um, yeah. This is something that I, I discussed with Juice as well. Uh, we will see a rise in digital purchasing of comics mm-hmm. for last month this month and months until then because a lot of comic books there the a lot of comic book shops are talking about doing curbside uh delivery uh for subscribers at comic shops uh some people are able to like make subscriptions to comic shops over the phone and online uh yeah and you know there's a lot of creators and uh, comic book shops that are actually asking Diamond uh, if they can make uh, for now, and it's a really scary thought, but if they can make like majority of their books refundable for you know this mm-hmm. time, because it's a scary thought. You know, a lot. I think a lot of comic book shops within the next three months are gonna probably start closing down again. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, because that is unfortunate. You know, it's not just restaurants that are affected. It's a lot of businesses because people are just like, I'm not going to go outside. Yeah. Um, I will be more than likely going to my comic shop tomorrow. I'm going to definitely ask what their plan is for the future. Yeah. Um, because I want I, I enjoy physical copies. I buy all of Tom King's stuff. I want physical copies of it. Yeah. Um, and, but a lot of other stuff I could easily stop buying. Like, I think I'm going to take Justice League off because I'm just not enjoying it. Um, yeah. so I'll probably stop buying that pretty soon. Uh, I just, cause just cause I want to finish it. I'm getting White Knight. Um, we I'll only have one, yeah, Knight. we have one more left. Yeah. And then, so like, and I'm not really interested in buying anything else. So it'll be the Batman run and Tom King's, anything Tom King makes, mm. um, for now. Well, we heard that good rumor today, but it was too bad it was fake. Oh, um, man. You know, it was unfortunate. <laughs> uh, but it would have been awesome. Yeah, it would. Uh, so anyways, um, but yeah, I mean, it's the next few months are going to be very interesting. Like we said, 
there's probably going to be a little bit of news and we will this podcast is going to keep going on no matter what if yeah. we have to research old comics or talk about yeah, old stuff and, we will do about that and also if you want new content we already know that harley quinn season two is coming out in april so we only have to yeah. last a few more weeks until that comes out um we can probably start reviewing that again and yeah. you know uh, we will survive. You know, one of the things that, yeah. you know, this whole, you know, uh, show social distancing quarantine thing is, is that it is keeping us from, you know, talking to people face to face. But that's the best thing about a freaking podcast is that, yeah. you know, it keeps us sane and we get to talk to other people. So for sure. And we are trying to get a more interactive way to talk to viewers Unfortunately, we tried testing out the live stream thing and we just haven't found a proper video way of doing this yet. Yeah. Because we currently use like uh, the Google preferred option, which is like Hangouts. But sometimes there's a lot of lag and we don't want that to happen. Uh, it's usually we literally had a technical difficulty during this and it just cut out yeah. uh, for Clay's end. So we're trying to figure out a better option. And then once we finally get something solidified, we're kind of hoping maybe to film maybe Saturday mornings mm -hmm. and get you guys those out. You guys could be a part of the chat and we'll maybe upload the video on my YouTube channel and then everybody can still download the content. Um, I, will, I, we, I think the main goal is always to still get the podcast downloaded because we want to see those numbers rise. Of course. So we'll probably do something for the podcast to where... You know, you get a little bit something special for downloading this one. Um, so we'll we'll come up with stuff. We'll mess up with stuff. Maybe the podcast will only be live at like for that moment, and then I put it to private or something. And yeah, I don't know. We'll think of something. But we are we do want to interact with you guys a little bit more. Again, you can always hit us up on our Instagrams or Twitters. Those are always in the descriptions of the podcast. Um, but yeah, we're looking into stuff. We just don't want to put out shitty products. So. Uh, once we solidify that, we'll hopefully be getting more out to you guys. And then if we, you know, if it is going to be slow for the next few months or whatever it's going to be, we could definitely start, like, going through the animated series from episode one to the final. Like, if we have to do that, yeah. like, you know, we will. Because um, I think I love, I watch that shit just by myself. So and I haven't we seen can definitely talk about this. I haven't seen it in its entirety. I know that I've seen. A, really? I've seen a lot of it, but I have mm -hmm. not. I have not sat down to watch season one, two, three, and four all together. So, wow. Yeah. I just watched, um, like two days ago, I watched the Poison Ivy Harley Quinn episode where they meet, like, they don't meet for the first time, but, um, they start doing bank robberies together. Yeah. And I think and I've really only, I think I've only seen like a small handful of episodes of the Batman and Robin adventures, the sequel okay. to it. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, that's something that I, I actually have a list of things to watch on 2020. Batman, mm -hmm. the animated series, and the Batman and Robin adventures are both well, on it. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, the Batman and Robin adventures is like season two or three. Oh, really? Because he, yeah, because like it's all Batman, the animated series, but the intros change. Oh, So okay, like okay. it's Batman, the animated series. And then Robin shows up more because they wanted to start using him more. So it's Batman and Robin. But it's still all under animated series. Because even season, I think it's four, when they changed the weird style, mm -hmm. like, which was I was not a big fan of, that's still Batman the Animated Series. Oh, so okay, it's all okay. like hunkered under that. It's just uh, Bruce Tim was saying that you know WB just wanted to change it up. And that's why the style changes so drastically. In the fourth season. In the fourth season, isn't it more of like the Justice League type style? 
Um, it's with Joker having a pointy nose and having black beady eyes. Yeah, like yeah. it's I'm that really, one. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of it. And it's like Ivy's a little bit more. Actually, I don't know. I think she was uh like more sexy in the first one when she was wearing the green outfit yeah. where this one she's like got the green skin and black lipstick and yeah, stuff like that yeah. so like she's more gothy in my opinion yeah so um where like yeah so it's just a, it was a weird style change i wasn't a big fan of it but it was still good episodes so uh yeah but anyways guys that is it for this week's podcast i hope you guys are enjoying this i don't know how we make the non-content episodes the longest episodes (laughs) like it's so weird yeah yeah but um you know what hopefully you guys are enjoying these and uh yeah as always ladies and gentlemen he is fanboy clay i am juice wayne remember batman is awesome news weekly